No panties, just hair covering a place that is warm, moist, ready for his touch. His fingers enter me, probing my darkness, a fever inside of me, mounting, making me lose sense of time. As he kneels to the floor, I know what he is about to do. I want him to. My lips are swollen, alive, pulsating for his mouth. Sweat, along with wet juices, escapes me. I arch my back up against the wall to gain time. He stands and whispers, I want you here. Just then, I hear someone close by. I see a shadow from above me. He looks like a man holding a bag in his hands. His footsteps stop near us. I see a shadow duck under a doorway. I sense he is watching. I grow more excited. I want this man, this stranger, to see my nipples erect, sticking with sweat to my blouse. I want him to see my hips grinding up against my lover's mouth. My sweet pussy lips grow more swollen with each moan that escapes from my throat. I see him leave, walk back up the stairs slowly. I want him to come back and watch us. All of a sudden, I panic. And there you have it, just a taste of tonight's reading, a selection from a story entitled A Life of Seductions by Nancy Sasha Long. This is part of an anthology of short stories entitled Seductions, Tales of Erotic Persuasion, edited by Lonnie Barbach. It is actually Dr. Barbach, who at the time of this writing was on the clinical faculty of the University of California Medical School in San Francisco, as well as maintaining a private practice. She was the author of a series of books about human sexuality, Yourself, The Fulfillment of Female Sexuality, uh, the pause, positive approaches to perimenopause and menopause, going the distance, finding and keeping lifelong loves. And in the middle of all this, somehow managed to find the time to edit a series of anthologies of erotic short stories. This is one of them. Seductions. Tales of Erotic Persuasion. Our editor has this to say in the introduction. Quote, When I think about the most erotic moments of a sexual experience, I am drawn to the delicious and unpredictable build-up, the dance of seduction. A sexual experience often lodges in the memory most vividly because of the events that led up to the actual physical lovemaking, the invitation to sensually, provocatively play, the anticipation of an experience charged with pleasure and delight. Consequently, I have gathered a collection of stories that emphasize these openings, stories that set the stage for the sexual encounters that follow. Seduction is the kindling of romance. It ignites the spark of sexual desire and intensity. Unfortunately, the art of seduction becomes a lost art in many long-term monogamous relationships, although it is usually an important part of nearly every courtship. 
This is a tragic loss because in its absence, relationships can become deprived of sexual liveliness and passion. The connection becomes humdrum, the mundane creeps in, and the relationship is diminished. The word seduction comes from the Latin term meaning to lead away. In every seduction, some psychological or emotional resistance is implied and must be overcome. The resistance may be something as simple as the preoccupation and routines of everyday life, or it may be as complex as a romantic involvement with another. In either case, one person begins to entice the other, drawing his or her attention away from its current focus and onto a new agenda. Yet, every seduction is a cooperative venture. Ultimately, both partners must be willing to play the escalating erotic game. At any point, one person could abdicate or drop out. The seduced could rebuff the seducer's advances, and the interaction would end. In humans, romantic pathways are more extensive and complex than in any other species. We alone use fantasy and imagination as an important part of our seductive encounter. We have the capacity to raise seduction to a form of art, Though we are still animals and our brains have been programmed to respond to someone that we are attracted to through a physiological chain of events that heightens feelings of pleasure in both the seducer and the one being seduced. When someone excites us, our bodies respond with a gush of natural chemicals that stimulate the nervous system causing us to feel euphoric, energetic, and optimistic. Our hearts beat wildly. We're turned on and may be following in love, or at least in lust. We may experience a racy sense of exuberance and power at these times, with some creative thoughts and attention. An artful seduction can create a surge of natural chemicals, even in a relationship of long duration. We never lose our capacity to resurrect these pleasurable experiences. It remains with us for our entire lives. Unquote. Our story tonight is the story of a woman who's fantasies become so constant, so all-consuming, that she's drawn to dangerous situations in real life and ultimately becomes an entirely different woman because of her fantasies. Our editor and the author have this to say about our story. Quote, Rather than moving toward someone, the motivation behind some seductions is to escape from a certain set of circumstances. When life is depressing or distressing, when a relationship is having difficulties, we may find ourselves moving away from a drab or uncomfortable reality, seeking relief through an illicit sexual relationship or seductive daydreams. 
We may seduce ourselves with a fantasy and create the perfect lover who will rescue us from the emptiness or the mundane problems of our lives. For me, Long explains, seduction usually comes in the form of a fantasy that is capable of overshadowing a rather bleak reality. It is the illusory promise of fulfillment, a temporary paradise. When reality comes up short, I retreat into myself, into a fantasy world where seduction creates the potential for fulfillment. Fantasies of wanting to be seduced or to seduce someone else help me to relieve the boredom, the frustration, and the feelings of powerlessness. It seems to me that the single most important element of seduction is its promise of fulfillment. Unquote. Enough of the promises. Let's get some fulfillment. The reading for tonight. Our reading is entitled A Life of Seductions, written by Nancy Sasha Long. Quote, I chop the onions thinly, evenly, with a sharp-edged knife, bringing each stroke down onto the wooden counter. Slow, clean strokes, he comes up from behind me, circles my waist with his arms, nudging his lips against my ear. I try to ignore him. I want to finish this. Guests are coming soon. I slice the broccoli, white cheese, hurry with that, he whispers. I want you right here. Stroking the curve of my neck, his hands begin to travel down, tracing the curve of my back, the side of my hips, down to the insides of my thighs. Firmly grasping my flesh, he rubs up against me. I must finish, must hurry. Now what is next? Eggs, two, or is it three? My lips swell with wetness, his desire rising. I feel hardness, his breathing deeper now. My nipples grow hard, straining against the tight silk dress that binds me. Hurry, he whispers. I put the souffle in the oven, turning around to him. We never make it beyond the kitchen floor. Heat rises in me, around me. As I swell, my souffle swells, rising slowly. The front door slams. Hi, hon. I'm home. He throws his briefcase on the chair, loosens his tie, goes straight to the refrigerator, reaches for a bottle of beer, and heads for the couch. Hey, it's great to be home. I'm tired. I hear the familiar click and faraway blare of voices from the TV. I am still standing in the kitchen, wearing my new summer dress, now soaked with sweat from my thoughts, my desires, fantasies of someone else. Far away from here, I look in the oven. Souffle should be ready. I open the door and stare, wondering what went wrong. All I see is flatness. Burn edges, deflating, sinking further and further down. I sit across from my husband at the breakfast table, hoping for some reaction. He just sits there, tired-looking, quiet. I wonder what he's thinking after hearing me tell about the dream I had last night. You live too much in a fantasy world, sweetheart. It's only a dream. 
you need to pay attention to reality, he says while finishing his coffee. He stands up, straightens his tie. Have to go to work. We'll be working late again tonight. Would you pick up my shirts at the dry cleaners? As he kisses the top of my head, I look down into my coffee cup. Swirls of dark float, still on the liquid surface. I think, what has gone wrong? Married for seven years, and did he hear anything I said? I don't want to think about those things right now. My mind plays tricks on me. While clearing the table, my thoughts drift to the man I met at a party last Friday. He is a carpenter and has a table to sell, a table I may want to buy. He described the wood to me. I liked the sound of his voice, how he paused, made time for me to speak, how he listened. There was something alluring about him. I, I went away from the party feeling a warm glow, something I haven't experienced in a long time. I walked to the bathroom. Get my shower ready. The water is warm. My skin softens. I close my eyes. My face in direct wet streams continue my thinking about him, what it would be like. Dreams. I am boxed in. White tiles surround me. Little squares line the ceiling on the floor, cooling the bottoms of my feet. Water splashes everywhere from something jutting out one side. A glass door closes us in. He towers over me, wetness everywhere. The hair on his chest curls along with the steam. We are contained. Nothing goes in or goes out. Soap clings to his hand, spreading a film all over my breasts, my nipples, hard from the twilight, the slight coolness, the white cubicle we are in. In all that white haze, he gives me gifts of lush fields, snowy white soft cotton clouds, fingers that make honey flow from the deepest parts of my darkness. Laughter with raging tears bubbles up in the surface, devouring me, melting me suddenly too fast. He turns me around to enter me. My lips touch the wall, hands propped up high, my fleshy bottom enveloping his urgency, his desire, his harsh whispers echo on top of the ceiling, then down to the ground where only our feet know where we stand. Breaths sound louder, heartbeats seem longer. Torrents of water beat down on skin like storm rain. My words are washed away with no thought. Take me away from everything. Storm stops. Silence. Only the sound of one water tear hitting long, shiny metal. Time takes on another name. I turn around to see. Dewdrops resting on his eyes. His fingers, where he probed my tight openings, lips full, swollen from bites, my hunger, my tongue, mouth, lips run moments along his back so strong, sturdy, he is built for raging storms. He looks young to me, a glow in his face after discovering something new, something right. His lips taste of sweet blackberry wine, and his eyes remind me of the seas where I lived a long time ago. 
eyes that follow me home, eyes that are surprised, wondering how they arrived in this place of bright white, eyes that remain in pictures in my mind, blue, green sapphires, glistening, staring down into me, beckoning me to come again. I dry his damp skin with a cloth made from soft white cotton. Slowly, smoothly, I run it up and down his shoulders, bare his thighs, his arms, the top of his head, but his lips I keep wet, running dew water with my fingertips, keeping them moist, keeping them all mine. I awaken from what seems like a dream, grab the towel, and slowly dry off my wet body. Catching a glimpse of my face in the mirror, I think how I've got to snap out of this. My daydreams seem to be taking a hold of me. Too strong a pull. What is real anymore? What is fantasy? What do I really want? The carpenter calls me late that afternoon, tells me about his table again. It is long, dark. He tells me that his father would cut meat on it. His mother needed dough. He tells me how he carved it from the finest trees. With his hands, I remember his hands, sensitive, rough in the palms, a carpenter who likes to build houses. He asked me to come over, to show me the table, of course. I hesitate. What's going on here? What do I expect? I do not know him well, only that he smells of birch pine and oil that is used to polish wood. I am curious. We agree to meet tomorrow. That night, I dream of tables dreams. I enter his room. It is empty. Only one long table, dark brown. We both walk into the dim light. One small window in the corner. I watch leaves tremble on the tree outside, flashing diamonds onto the walls, dancing on the ceiling, hypnotizing me, making me forget what is outside. He tells me to turn around. And then he lifts my skirt. Fingers travel up along the back of my thighs, forming straight lines of electricity, burning trails, leaning to tunnels, wet, moist, waiting to spread wider. He asked me if I want him. I answer with a light stroke of one hand. He pulls on my hair, demanding that I say it in words. My silence provokes him. My touch beckons a hardness in him, fierce, rapid. He changes into another man, thrusting in deeply. His fingers become fire. I lean on the top of the table, my hands grabbing, holding steady, my nipples hard, rubbing the fine wood. My prayer is answered in more ways than I know. Madness makes me turn around. I look at his face. My mouth reaches for his fingers, sucking the wood scent easing the crazy yearning, endless craving, desire to be thrusted till roundness overtakes my want for more. Tell me you want it, he whispers. Say it and I will do it. I drop his hand, unbutton my dress, and show him in words he'd rather hear. The phone rings, waking me from my dream. It is morning. My husband has already left for work. I never saw him last night. He got in late, like so many nights lately. Didn't get a chance to talk to him. I answer the phone. No one will be home. A good time to see the table. I hang up the phone. Something about his voice. I feel flushed. I go to my closet thinking about what he would be like. I finger the black silk. This is crazy. 
Why am I so concerned about what to wear? I sit in front of my typewriter, got to get to work. My mind wanders back to the party. Hours pass. It is evening already. No word from my husband. I feel relief. A car horn beeps outside. My taxi is here to take me to him. Maybe I should cancel. Maybe I should stay home. This whole thing is a waste of time. Why am I doing this? He's married. I'm married. Just another fantasy, another escape. I hear that voice in my head. You're running away again, running away from reality, responsibility. I enter the cab, sit down trying to catch my breath. Are you okay, lady, he asks. I'm fine. I'm fine. I give him the address. I just want a few minutes to catch my breath, to think. I check my skirt. My blouse is disheveled, buttoned in the wrong places. I smooth my hair down. I feel my cheeks still flushed. Hey, lady, you want a cigarette? Yeah, the driver startles me back to the present. He's an older man, dark skin. He resembles my husband. I do not reply. I just sit there looking at his forehead, eyebrows, and eyes in the rearview mirror. His eyes, dark, probing. Maybe he would know an answer, a word, something to piece all this together neatly in, in, in a correct straight line, not zigzags and curves going all over and roundabout circles. At the stoplight, that's when I ask him, would you ever have an affair with someone who is married? I enter the apartment building, walk up the stairs, knock on the door. He opens the door, a warm smile. Please come in. He closes the door while lightly touching the small on my back. I feel a spark, light, a warmth I never experienced before. We talk for a while. He has a warm smile. His hair falls into his eyes. Frequently, he brushes it back. I find myself restraining the urge to run my fingers through it. He shows me the table. Tells me how long it took for him to build it, the hours of polishing, refining it perfectly, each and every angle curve. Like a woman, he says, a man needs to give undivided attention to his woman, slowly, carefully, lovingly. There is a charge between us. I see an intensity in his eyes. I tell him I need time to think it over. The table, I mean. I linger and then decide to leave. Need air, I say. He smiles while opening the door. I say to myself how this whole thing was a fantasy in my mind, just another fantasy, probably better this way. I do not need any more confusion in my life. He then embraces me, pins me up against the wall. We stand in the hallway in the shadow. Someone could walk by. This is happening all too quickly. He slides his hand under my blouse, grasping my breast, stroking, caressing each nipple with his fingers, twisting harder with each breath, making me moan, wanting more. I try to break away, but then I find myself pressing my hips against him, wanting to excite him, tempt him. I feel his urgency. He then hikes up my tight skirt, spreading my legs, both wrapped in black nylon, garter belt, no panties, just hair covering a place that is warm, moist, ready for his touch. His fingers enter me, probing my darkness, a fever inside of me, mounting, making me lose sense of time. As he kneels to the floor, I know what he is about to do. I want him to. My lips are swollen, alive, pulsating for his mouth. Sweat, along with wet juices, escapes me.
I arch my back up against the wall to gain time. He stands and whispers, I want you here. Just then, I hear someone close by. I see a shadow from above me. He looks like a man holding a bag in his hands. His footsteps stop near us. I see a shadow duck under a doorway. I sense he is watching. I grow more excited. I want this man, this stranger, to see my nipples erect, sticking with sweat to my blouse. I want him to see my hips grinding up against my lover's mouth. My sweet pussy lips grow more swollen with each moan that escapes from my throat. I see him leave, walk back up the stairs slowly. I want him to come back and watch us. All of a sudden, I panic. My eyes start to focus. I am not in a fantasy, a daydream. This is real. With very little light from the faraway dim bulb on the porch, I still see the walls in the hallway, how cracked they are. I tell him I am going. He pulls me to his chest, caressing my bottom, beckoning me, enticing me to stay. His body is like a magnet, fast, fierce, drawing me into his torso, making it hard to break away. I run out. The night is cool, my body still hot, stars bright. I walk home thinking about him, how he placed his hand on a small of my back. That touch created a wonder baffling me, catching me off guard, taking my breath away, creating a curiosity in my mind about how certain people come into my life unexpectedly, bad timing perhaps, but maybe not at all. Maybe that is what I'm learning, how people, situations come not in neat little pre-planned, perfectly timed packages, but in waves, uneven, surprising, puzzling me, yet delighting me, drawing me into another world, path, dimension that I've never imagined before. I walk into my house. It is late. My husband startles me for a moment. He is sitting in a chair in the dark, a glass filled with whiskey in one hand. His face looks worn, tired, lines run across his forehead. I have an urge to reach out and trace those lines with my fingers. Fingers that caressed another man's body hours before. Instead, I take off my coat. Where have you been? he asks. I go to sit across from him. Do not know what to say. Instead, a lie flows out of my mouth, telling him about the hallway episode would do no good. It happened so quickly. It's too real, too frightening. I shouldn't have gone over there. It's too dangerous. I must forget about him. There is a marriage for me to work on. I asked my husband if he would like to hear another dream, a dream I had last night. He leans forward. My whispers draw him in closer. He used to enjoy my little stories, always from the moment we met. How attentive he looks, just like the carpenter at the party. Softly, I begin. Dreams. The light casts a shadow across his face. We sit opposite each other, at a table. I thought I knew him. Did I create this monster? The whole thing with my words, gestures, the way I move? You walk for them, not for me. Who do you think you are? It wasn't the first time he said this, egging me on in public, where other eyes fill the room. Wearing a tight, low-cut black gown, I thought my performance would please him. Earlier that night before going out, he tells me to wear it 
with the four-inch spikes, sleek nylon mesh panties, stockings that run lines up the back of my thighs, smooth, glossy, fine to the touch, standing behind me while hanging white pearls. He tightens the clasp around my throat as he whispers what every man would want to do to me, what he would do with his hands, mouth, tongue, and leather belt. According to Q, I responded with cold indifference. He likes me that way, only that way. It makes him sweat, squirm. It is all a game. I play it well, and he rewards me. A role I play, I slip into, like the fine silk gowns he gives me. Now in the restaurant, I come back to the present. I rise slowly, standing there, hovering over him, his cold, sunken eyes, boring right through me, daring me to blow this whole thing apart. The pearl necklace nearly choking the words right out of me, cutting too close to my vein, throwing my napkin on the floor. Every head turns in that room. That fancy white linen, gold napkin ring, diamond chandelier type of place where bottles of sparkle never start below a hundred. I throw it down with such force and stare into those eyes, those eyes that control people, things, everything around them. Eyes that match Italian cut tailored suits, eyes that buy fancy little boy toys, yachts, cars, long white lines on shiny mirrors and so-called promised trips around the world. Eyes that could melt me if I slip for one second from my made-for-him mask into those eyes. I whisper only once, but with such fury, redness blurs my vision you will never possess me and with that i walk out i open my eyes he sits across from me dozing almost falling asleep my throat tenses up we do not move i wait patiently anger frustration boil inside me i do not say a word Slowly rising, I stand hovering over him, wanting to spit in his face, that man face, that face that resembles hundreds in my dreams. He wakes up and smiles. I'm sorry, honey. What did you say? I need to go upstairs to bed. I'm so tired. While watching him climb the stairs, my body shakes with rage. I cannot even express what I really want to say. Finally, I take my purse and coat, and I walk out the door. I find myself wandering downtown. You're running again, I hear the voice in my head say, trying to escape. You better start being responsible. Maybe I should have told him what happened in the hallway. Piece all this together with him. I don't know. I can't even think about all that right now. I have my marriage, my marriage. Do I still want it? I checked into a motel room. I need to sleep, need to think clearly. I'll do it later. I'm tired. I wake in the morning, still in a daze. Ashamed of my feelings, I, I usually am in complete control, not right to feel like that. I try calling my husband. No answer. Probably already at work. The morning is dark, overcast, clouds threatening rain. I decide to check out, walk downtown, do some window shopping, get my mind off things. The wind gets colder. I wrap my coat tighter around me. Breakfast doesn't appeal to me. I wander, 
storefront pane glass reflects back to me a face that looks different. The face of a woman that craves something more in her life. A life filled with passion, desire. A woman who preferred safety, security many years ago, but feels differently now. She smells something changing in the air, something that reminds her of when she was young. As I glance away, my eyes meet those of a tall, dark, handsome man. We pass each other on the street, his briefcase in hand, raincoat perfectly tailored. He smiles and says, good morning. I notice how he stops, turns around, and watches me cross the street. I am that woman in the window, a very different woman now. A furniture store catches my eyes. The table in the window lures me to walk in, wood glistening in the sunlight. I turn my head toward the far corner of the showroom. I hear voices. A man lovingly describes a table, a voice that sounds soothing, familiar. I walk closer to the back of the store following the voices. My eyes first notice hands, hands stroking the fine wood slowly. I look up. I see that it's him. I should leave. This is getting too involved, complicated, but I find myself lingering, unable to leave, fascinated by the way he caresses the wood, running his hands slowly along the edges. See the grain? So fine, so beautiful. Well, we'll think about it and probably come back. As the customers walk away, he looks up and sees me. Eyes meet. I hesitate. He doesn't. He comes right over. A place where we may go, a room far away from intrusion. I like the sound of his voice, low, deep, soothing. I take his arm and walk with him. We lie on sheets, white with sweat. A raven cries outside our window. I see the flutter of black wings, frantic, beating the air beyond the pane glass while he speaks of a hawk, circling his mind earlier that day. I turn my head to gaze at his lips so full from kisses, his eyes open light against skin so cool, calm, away from the world outside. My fingertips reach out, touching his chest now bare, covered with hair exposed for me to see. He asked for a story, a story of how we could be together if things were different. I tell him of a cottage, a place we can go, a place where my windows would be lit with dozens of pink candles surrounded with roses all long-stemmed, scattered with petals falling, blowing away in the breeze. I shall cook for you, build a fire for you, wash your hair in the morning sun. I will kiss you, spread your thighs wide open for you, all with long blue ribbons covering tall bedposts and vines of jasmine close by. Wetness and rain, hard nipples and flushed cheeks, this is what will await you, I tell him. In a whisper close to his ear, I look at him and shudder. He plays with fire while with me, striking matches, hoping not to get burned. I do not say this. Some things are better left unsaid. So instead, I go on with my story. I tell him, let's pretend we are in France, away from the noise, the swirling colors of a much too fast life. I have a cottage inn where I grow my very own flowers and write in the evenings after my guests are asleep. He tells me that he will visit me 
In the summer, for warmth. In the winter, for fire. His car will be long with dark shaded windows. No one will know who this mysterious man would be. This mystery man of mine who hides away. This man who holds danger so close to his heart. He plays with fire while he plays with me. Striking matches. Striking matches. My story ends. I lie facing him, watching him all with wonder, my soul deepening, merging with his. There, I think, time has no ending or beginning in a dream. All in that room I find we have no past, no future to name, to interfere. Moments swirl as we press against flesh. We are different, brand new, like shiny gold pennies that glow hot in the sunlight in palms eager to hold on to. Jangle, jangle, we go all around and around, tumbling down into something, a spark, perhaps fired down all the way down. I am free when I am with him. My flesh turns pink from warm moisture, slow caresses enter, hushed laughter in white-tiled cubicles that shower down rain. A whole day has passed. I get up, brush hair, see in the reflection. I am different, soft, open, not ready to go back to another time, another place. I glance at his eyes to remember the bright you, perhaps to carry something back with me, to help carry me through. I hesitate, feeling a pull, hearing a whisper telling me to stay, don't go. He plays with fire while with me, striking blue, red, yellow matches all smelling of glowing red flame. I walk out of the motel room. Quietly, I close the door so he can sleep. Stepping out into the night air, I look up in the moon. So full and bright, I want to keep him close to me next to my heart for just a while longer. I wonder what this man brings to me to learn. Find out about my life. The night air clears my head. What am I doing? Confusion begins to swirl in my head again. This affair, or perhaps my marriage, might not be right. What is the answer? What? Where do I go? My heart and thigh say one thing. My sense of responsibility says another. I go home. My husband is not here. What has happened to him? To me? I sleep for a while, tossing and turning, thinking about the night. My lover and his lips, tongue, thighs rubbing on top of me. The next morning, I wake with a rock on my heart, a rock so heavy that it pins my chest to the bed. Turning my head to look out the window, I try to make a bargain, strike a deal with the gods. It's a game I play when I don't know what to do. I used to play it all the time, the year that my papa died. I will do this for you if you do that for me. I swear I will give up that if this happens. Words flow in circles in my mind. I like to play tricks on myself. It used to take the pain away, but it doesn't seem to be doing any good. All I feel is the coldness of wind that rushes in from the gray skies, threatening me with storm. Things are different now. I'm not that little girl anymore. As hard as it is, I try lifting the rock off my chest. Maybe there is an answer underneath, a word that would help me understand. I don't want to be pinned to that bed. 
all I want is to lie next to my husband on moist earth like we used to do. Thighs, arms, feet touching next to blue water, a carved tree, watching spaces between leaves on green branches that shimmer diamonded sunlight. I want to dance with him on rocks, both hands reaching toward white ceiling and sit in caves that could be so dark that even the spirits prefer roaming outside. The whispering stories in his ear, the tips of my fingers tingling with his light, but his heart has already gone far away. He is not here with me. The truth comes back to me, as heavy as that rock, once again weighing me down. With him, I am dead. I stand up, throw that rock out the open pane that shines brightly clearly my eyes catch colored leaves falling outside passionate loving reds yellows browns whispering to me softly as they give way unquote i'm so glad that you stayed join me again for another episode of dirty poetry Using the word poetry very loosely, of course. 